Remember, self-reflection is just looking on the inner part of ourself, just kind of being aware of how we're thinking, how we're feeling, not just feeling emotionally, but also physically, and being fully aware of our bodily sensation. A lot of times we think that, oh, it's just the way it is. That's just the way my mind works. Guys, we have complete and total control over our minds. Don't believe the hype. Don't believe society. Don't believe anything. Even if you use it as a crutch or excuse, what's going on in your head? And just writing it out. You know, regardless of what it is, don't worry about what it is. You have these things going on in your head and you just write it out, write it out, write it out, whatever it is. So your heart's content. So everything's out. Um, some people call it like a brain dump. I actually just learned that term yesterday at a um, little conference thing I went to. I was actually able to process a situation that happened when I was in second grade, second grade. Can you believe that? That was we're gods, right? Whatever we think, whatever we say, we can bring it to pass. And I'm not saying that you know, in any kind of blasphemous way, you know, because the Bible says that, you know, Jesus said, doesn't your scripture say ye are gods? Do you say so? I'm not making it up. It's not me. You know, if I'm made in the image of God, then I should be able to do a lot of the stuff that he does, just like my son, who's in my image, can do a lot of the same things that I can do. Greetings, everybody. Welcome back to the FCS Prep Podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Keith Fairclough, and today we are going to continue with talking about self-reflection. But before I continue, I had a follower put a suggestion in my last video, and they were saying that I should promote my help and services in the very beginning because a lot of people don't make it to the end. So I thought it was great advice. So let me just say this. If you need help, if you need coaching, if you need therapy, please reach out to me. You can contact me through any of my social media. You can message me. You can reach out to me. I'm on Instagram, TikTok, Facebook, uh, you name it. I'm on all of them or the major ones. So you can reach out to me. We'll set it up. We'll get you the help you need, the help you desire, and the help you deserve. All right. So without further ado, let's jump into self-reflection, the application. If you are just tuning in for the first time and you really want to know more about self-reflection, Go ahead and hit the last episode. We talked about it in depth. We talked about some of the benefits of it. There are a lot of benefits of self-reflection. So we just touched on a few. I want to see like maybe six or eight or something like that. So without further ado, you can check that out. So without further ado, let's hop into today's topic, which is the application of self-reflection. Remember, self-reflection is just looking on the inner part of ourself, just kind of being aware of how we're thinking, how we're feeling, not just feeling emotionally, but also physically and being fully aware of our bodily sensations, right? We can become so self-aware that we could actually pair up the physical sensations with the emotions that we're feeling. Now I'm talking about body temperature. I'm talking about heart rate. I'm talking about whether we're shaking, whether we can, you'll be able to notice all of these things. I know for me, I've got to the point where I'm self-aware, where I know when I'm really angry, I, you know, my heart rate increases, my body temperature increases, my hands actually start shaking a little bit, just like this huge rush. I don't know if it's adrenaline or whatever it is, but I'm very aware of it in the moment. And that's the beauty of it. Once you learn how to master self-reflection, you can start becoming aware of these states in the moment when they're happening. So then you could actually start making changes and adjustments to yourself in the moment, in real time, changes in real time. But of course, this doesn't happen overnight. This takes practice. This takes learning the skills. And today we're only going to touch on a few of them because there's just so many that I don't want to try to rush through them and kind of pack them all in and then just kind of rush off to the next thing. Let's take time. We have time. So let's take time and go through them one by one. 
Okay, so the first thing we want to do is a skill called grounding. If you're familiar with therapy or DBT or whatnot, you'll understand what grounding is. But grounding is essentially using our five senses, sight, touch, smell, taste, hearing, using and engaging willfully and intentionally our five senses to kind of ground us back into ourselves, right? Because sometimes when we get so overwhelmed with emotion or whatever it is, we start to kind of lose sight of ourselves. And so it's really important for us to learn this skill. It's called grounding. It's not necessarily a standalone skill by itself because it does touch on different things. There's things you could do to ground yourself. So I'm just going to touch on a few things um, as far as what I teach and how I know it. All right. So grounding is essentially, like I said, it's using intentionally using your senses to get back into yourself. Right. So let me give you an example. I just told you about how my sensations when I become angry, right? So if I were to ground myself and get back into myself, I would start using my senses. So in that moment, what I would, well, if I remove myself from that moment, is after I become angry, what I'll start doing is, let's say I want to use my um, sensation of touch, for example. I want to ground myself. I want to use the sensation of touch. So what I'll do is I'll go to a surface. Maybe it's jagged. Maybe it's kind of rough. Maybe it's smooth. But whatever the surface is, I'm going to start touching that surface. I'm going to rub my hands along. As I'm doing that, I'm becoming very aware of everything about it. I'm describing the feeling. Okay, it's smooth. It's kind of rough. You know, as I go over it, man, my fingers are, you know, kind of bouncing a little bit. If I use my nail, I can kind of feel like the, the ridges. And when you're doing this, what it does is it puts you back in control of your mind, which is extremely important, extremely, extremely important for us to be in full control of our mind and not let our mind control us. So that's just one example of grounding. Another example would be, you know, maybe frustrated or I'm sad or whatever the case may be, but I'm getting too, it's, things are becoming too much. It's too many sensations. Mine's getting out of control. Okay. So maybe I'm going to use sight this time. Now I'm going to look around my area. I'm going to find, okay, what's everything that is red? Okay. That's red. That's red. Okay. That's red. That over there is red. This is red. That is red. And so what I'm doing again is I'm taking my senses. I'm using them to be very intentional about the task that I'm setting for them, whether it's feeling, whether it's sight, whether it's smell, whether it's taste, taste is a little bit different because not different because it's a different sense, but I can't imagine we're going to go around licking or putting weird things in our mouth <laughs> to ground ourselves. So although it is a sense, you know, maybe if you have food, maybe you could put a candy in your mouth or something like that and describe that flavor or whatnot, because it would still work the same way as far as grounding ourselves. But generally speaking, unless we have candy or stuff like that around us, can't really use taste as well. Hearing, you know, Again, you could listen to the sounds, right? Maybe it's a fan. Maybe it's an AC unit. Maybe it's a fan from your computer. Maybe it's a sound system. Maybe it's electricity. You know, you just kind of start tuning in and looking for those sounds. And, and then maybe you start thinking about what it could possibly be. And the whole purpose of grounding, again, is to get control over our mind and not let our emotions run our mind. Not let those biological processes, those natural processes run our mind. You have to understand that we are in full control of our 
mind. A lot of times we think that, oh, it's just the way it is. That's just the way my mind works. Guys, we have complete and total control over our minds. Don't believe the hype. Don't believe society. Don't believe anything. Even if you use it as a crutch or excuse, please know that you have control over your mind. We have control over our mind. Those intrusive thoughts don't have to run the show. Those emotions that we're feeling don't have to run the show. And as a matter of fact, and I'm going to get back to self-reflection in a second, but as a matter of fact, I also want to say this right now. All right, I want to say this right now in regards to emotions running the show. Emotions are signals for us to be aware of. Emotions aren't designed to run the show. Emotions are signs that, hey, something's going on. Either a belief was violated or something hurt us or something happened. And we have that emotion not just to sit in the emotion, not to let the emotion run the show. The emotion tells us something has happened and we need to act. We need to do something about that. That's what emotions are for. They're not just to feel and just run the show and just do everything. There's signs for us to do something about whatever it is that happened. And maybe there's nothing that we need to do. Maybe it's just a sign that, okay, that really bothered me because it was hurtful to my heart because of whatever, right? Okay, either that's, okay, I got to do something about that hurt because maybe that hurt's not supposed to be there. Or it's this person is violating my boundaries after I set them up and I don't like that. So then I got to do something about this relationship and address it in some sort of way. The emotions are there to their signals to tell us what's going on. And it's our job to respond accordingly and not just sit in the emotion. Because when we sit in any emotion, whether it's anger, whether it's depression, whether it's fear, doesn't matter what it is. That's not healthy for us, especially if you hold it in. Anyways, that was the PSA for as far as emotions concerned. So back to self-reflection again, grounding. It's going to give us control back over our minds very very important the next step in uh, or another strategy i should say in self-reflection is breathing yes breathing you've probably heard me say it before uh, and i'll say it again and i'll say it again and again and again as long as i'm alive breathing works breathing is probably one of the best ways that we can regain control of our mind because breathing is a natural process it's a automatic process i should say and so what do i mean by that well i mean i guess that's what i mean by that it's an automatic process you don't have to think to breathe when you go to sleep you're not thinking to breathe it just happens naturally and so what we're doing when we start taking over that natural or that automatic mechanism we are then taking over control of our mind in that moment because now the mind's like oh the breathing's on him. Like, this is what we're focused on right now. And so now we're going to do the breathing. And so it's, it's one of the best and easiest ways to gain control of our mind. And so one of the breathing techniques that I like, and there are a plethora of breathing techniques out there for you to choose from. Plethora. So you could search it up, Google it, you know, YouTube it, whatever. Whole bunch. One of my favorites, it's real simple. It's called the three, four, five breathing. Essentially, all you do is you breathe in for three seconds, hold it for four seconds, and breathe out slowly for five seconds while you're in complete and total control the entire time. And you do that for three or five or ten counts, right? And so what this does, again, it puts you back in the driver's seat of your body, of your mind, so you can start making better decisions, right? So you can start self-reflecting and looking at, okay, let me. I'm out of the emotions and the feelings right now. Okay, what, what can I do? Okay, what can I do differently? 
how can I approach the situation? Do I, do I need to apologize? Do I need to? It just puts you back in the driver's seat. It settles everything down, right? So you can self-reflect and do what you need to do. And so I'm going to show you a quick example of a three, four, five breathing. All right, I'm going to count my fingers. Um, I'm only going to do it once, just because I don't want to spend a whole lot of time on this. But okay, so here we go. Right, three, four, five breathing. Ready? One. Well, let me catch my breath. One, two, three. Now, do you have to close your eyes when you do it? No. I like to do it. It's just natural for me. But that's three, four, five breathing. And you will just kind of repeat that over and over again. And the more you repeat it, like I said, the more it puts you back in the driver's seat, calms your body down, and allows you to start being aware of the sensations in your body. All right. So the next thing is journaling. And this is actually going to be our last strategy and technique for this episode. We're going to have another set of strategies or whatnot for the next episodes. So stay tuned. But journaling, right? And there, I'm going to have four types of journaling here. I believe it's four. It might be five. A few types of journaling here. Because I'm not just talking about well one of the things i'll just jump into that one it's just normal journaling right what's going on in your head and just writing it out you know regardless of what it is don't worry about what it is you have these things going on in your head and you just write it out write it out write it out whatever it is till your heart's content till everything's out um some people call it like a brain dump i actually just learned that term yesterday at a um, little conference thing i went to so you can call it a brain dump but you just write whatever's going on in your head you write it down don't worry about being nice don't worry about being kind whatever you're feeling whatever you're thinking you write that down so again you're taking control of the mind you're writing out the emotions your feelings your thoughts you're putting it all out on paper and then you can go back and review it and see okay what's really going on inside of me what's going on inside my head right so this allows you to um, self-reflect in a more physical way because you can actually look at the paper look at the computer or whatever it is you're writing on and see okay what's going on so that's what we call the journaling just regular like a brain dump right the next one is a little bit more um strategic and you call it the day review and so you could do this in the morning where you're maybe you're journaling about how the day is going to go or what your expectations are, or what your thoughts are, or or just maybe how you're feeling in that very moment. Right. And then at the end of the day, you could do, again, a day review where you actually review your day and say, OK, what happened? What took place? What emotions was I feeling? What thoughts came to my head? Who did what? Whatever, whatever. And you can review this. Right. You review the things you've been writing. You review what happened in your day. You say, maybe I shouldn't have done that. Ooh, what caused me to do that? So it allows you to start questioning yourself and looking at your thoughts, your feelings, your actions, your behaviors, you know, start looking at it so you can change the things that need to be changed or amplify the things that went well. You know, hey, you know, I started smiling at everyone today and, you know, people were smiling back and it made me feel good. So maybe I need to do more of that. Or I, you know, there was a, a person, you know, that I, I helped today and, you know, when I helped them, I felt great. You know, it was amazing. You know, I need to do more of that. So be, by being able to write these things out and reviewing your day, you're also able to start again, taking control, self-reflecting taking different actions so you can get the different results that you're looking for to the get to the goal that you're striving towards. Another form of journaling is situational. I call it situational. And this is where you journal about a specific thing that's going on. So maybe you got into an argument with your significant other, or maybe, you know, you just yelled at your kids, or maybe the boss reamed you out at work or whatever it is. This is purely situational. This is not just a brain dump. This is not a day review. This is about a specific situation that you have experienced. And this is what you do with that. You just write it, everything about it, right? Again, 
thoughts, feelings, what happened, everything like that, your thoughts about the situation. Write it all down, all right? And then review it. Just take a look at it. Read over it, right? And again, this is just for you. So there's no need to pretty it up. There's no need to clean it up or anything like that. This is just for your eyes and your eyes only, unless you're seeing a therapist or someone that reviews these things with you. But just be real, be raw as you're writing these things down, okay? And after you, again, after you write it down, time to reflect. Just look at it, okay? Is it exactly as you think it is? Is it maybe you interpreted something wrong? Or maybe, you know, you brought this on yourself. Or maybe they were having a bad day. Or whatever the case may be. But this gives you an opportunity to reflect on the situation specifically. And the last form of journaling that we're going to talk about today is what I call the self-therapist. Yes, and you might ask, well, what's the self-therapist? The self-therapist is a technique that I don't know if it's unique to me or I coined it or I coined the term personally, but I don't know if this technique has brand new, like no one's ever done it before. But long story short, all you're doing when you become, when I talk about journaling and being your self-therapist is you're asking yourself questions. And the beauty of this is you can ask yourself real and raw questions and you just answer them. That's it. So you'll ask a question, you'll answer it. And then you'll review that, self-reflect, and then you'll then you'll ask another question and you'll answer it. And you're gonna find that you're gonna be asking yourself some pretty tough questions, but that's okay because it's coming from you. See, if somewhere else were to ask you these questions, it might be kind of difficult. Maybe you'll be offended, or maybe you'll be shocked, or I don't know. You'll feel something, some kind of way that's gonna make you not really want to answer the question or answer it in a way maybe make you look good, or maybe you give yourself an easy pass, whatever the case may be. But when you're asking yourself, remember, this is you. This isn't anybody else. This is you. And because it's you, you can be as real with you as you want to be. And so I'm saying be as real as you can possibly be. Ask tough questions. Ask hard questions. And I've done this before, right? So all of these things I've done before, right? I've done all these things before, so I'm not telling you things that I haven't done or haven't practiced or haven't tried. And they work. And it really has helped me to get a lot of clarity on where I'm going in life, you know, what my purpose is, what my goals are, what I've done in situations, why I feel a certain way. Like using this technique, the self-therapist technique, journaling style, I was actually able to process a situation that happened when I was in second grade. Second grade. Can you believe that? That was a long time ago. <laughs> that was a very, very long time ago. You know, 30, 31 years ago, something like that. Like it was a long, long time ago. But I was able to use the technique to process something that happened when I was in second grade. Again, this is self-reflection. I was able to see things by asking myself these questions that otherwise I wouldn't have seen. Because I viewed myself as a victim in the situation, da-da-da-da. And well, okay, I'm going to I'm going to end it after this, but I'm going to tell you the whole story. Right. So I was in second grade. I was at the lunch table and I had my lunch bag and we we're sitting around with friends and someone made a joke. Right. Like I forgot what the joke was. Something about a pirate. You know, what should we do with this? And I said, make it walk the plank. Right. I think it was like holding my lunch bag or whatever the case may be. Everyone laughed. It was a good time. You know, I was a star, whatever, whatever. Right. And so. The next day, they asked the same question. I made the same joke. And then one of the kids was like, well, it's not funny. I was devastated. I was devastated, right? And I had no one to process this with. So from that day forward, this is crazy, but from that day forward, because of that, I stopped opening up. I stopped sharing stuff. I stopped being open, you know, from that day forward. And it took a long time to open me back up, right? And again, I didn't have anyone to process this with. But then I did the self-therapy journaling. And I started going through it. And I was like, 
you know, and just asking myself real questions like, can't he have a right to not think it's funny? I was like, yeah. Don't kids tell the same jokes all the time and then we laugh, although it's not really funny? Like, yeah. You know, and of course I'm saying, yeah, but I'm actually going through and processing it and writing that as I'm journaling. And then I kept asking myself more questions like, well, then why are you taking it so hard? Like nobody, you know, you can't talk up and open up to anybody. It's like, dang, yeah, you got a point. You got a very good point. And so like this technique, and that was a short version, but this technique helped me to process that situation that has bound me, for, that used to bound me for so many years. And so long story short, guys, because I'm going to wrap it up here. These are ways that we can start becoming more self-aware. We can start self-reflecting, right? So we can ground ourselves using our senses, bring ourselves back into ourselves where we can be more aware of our internal workings. Um, again, not just mentally, but physically as well, right? We could use the breathing. We could also use the journaling and the different types, right? The day review, the situational, the brain dump or mind dump, you know, the self-therapist. You know, we can use these different techniques in order to help us become more self-aware so we can self-reflect, so we can start changing ourselves and seeing the things that need Need to change so that we can have the lives that we desire and the lives that we want the lives that we deserve guys like i said before i said it in the podcast before we're gods right whatever we think whatever we say we can bring it to pass and i'm not saying that you know in any kind of blasphemous way you know because the bible says that you know jesus said doesn't your scripture say ye are gods do you say so i'm not making it up it's not me you know if i'm made in the image of god then i should be able to do a lot of the stuff that he does just like my son who's in my image can do a lot of the same things that i can do you know so it's not far-fetched but guys we have the power to change our lives right and, and we don't have to wait we can start doing it right now and part of this is self-reflecting if we know if we self-reflect then change the things that need to be changed in real time then we can start making faster progress in everything and anything that we do so this is what i want y'all to do stay tuned because i'm coming back with a part two maybe a part three depending on how many other strategies we got but i really want you to stay tuned and come back so we can learn the skills we need to self-reflect because again this the skill of self-reflecting is so universal it can help in so many situations it can help in your relationships it can help with your kids it can help at work it can help in your community it can help with your personal development it can help with you in church it can help you wherever you go self-reflection works and it can help you in real time because you might find out and this has happened to me there have been times when maybe i got too heated in the moment and stop and self-reflect like okay hold on wait a second all right, I came at this kid the wrong way, man. Hey, man, I apologize, man. I, I shouldn't have came at you that way, so on and so forth, and blah, blah, blah. That helps me to start changing in real time. So stay tuned. The next episode is when we're talking more about self-reflection, more about different techniques that you could use. And you could use one of these. You could use two of them. You could use all of them. You know, use what works for you. I love you all. Thank you again for tuning in. Again, if you need help, please hit me up. You can message me on any of my social media platforms. You could click on any of the links below. You reach out to me and I'll get back to you as soon as possible. I love you all. Y'all take care. Have a great, awesome, and blessed day. And remember, we're out here improving the world by improving you. Y'all take care.